Welcome to The Unseen Journey, a podcast dedicated to supporting veterans and their families as they navigate life after the military. We feature mental health experts, stories of resilience against invisible wounds and injuries, as well as practical tools for reacclimation. The Unseen Journey, brought to you by Operation Red Wings Foundation. All right, hello everyone. Welcome back to The Unseen Journey. I'm your host, Guy, with my co-host, Ashley. And today, our special guest is Tony. If you haven't done so already, do us a favor. Reach down there, hit the like and subscribe button. We're bringing you lots of great content. Whether you're a veteran, a family member, you just know veterans, or you're just curious about the Unseen Journey, we'd like to have you here with us. So, Ashley, where are we getting started? Okay, Guy, are you ready for this one? I'm very excited. We're also on our best behavior because we have a board member here with us today. (laughs) So we have. I I didn't. We're gonna we're gonna take a time out. I'll be right back. I gotta get out of my glass box of emotions now. I'm just kidding. No, but Tony's pretty cool. We have Tony Panettiere. He is a retired U.S. Navy captain who served for 25 years. He worked as a flight surgeon at a naval air test center at the Patuxent River. He, uh, which included a deployment to the top region Desert Storm. He then trained in neurology and sleep medicine, which is what we're really going nice. to talk to him about. Tony was like, I'm prepared to talk about everything sleep and man, do we need it? Such a common yes. thing with veterans. So excited to hear about that. Um, and then he was instrumental in starting the National Intrepid Center of Excellence. And after 11 years working there, he then retired again. And I told him about this when I met him at our gala a couple of weeks ago. I was like, ooh, double retirement checks. We love that. We love that, right? Uh, yeah, he's also sure. married to his wonderful wife, Nancy, and they have a couple kiddos and grandchildren. And he also volunteers for his local church at, as, as well as the Billy Graham online evangelism ministry. And so we're going to kind of get cool. into all that. You know, I uh, I hear all that, right? And uh, uh, the first thing I'd like to kind of point out real quick, just for my, you know, non-Navy people out there, Captain, uh, really an 06, mm-hmm. right? So in the in the Army, full bird colonel, is that correct, Tony? Yes. Yeah, okay. And then the other thing I want to throw out there, uh, Ashley, this is our second Desert Storm. No, this is our third Desert Storm guest that That's we've right. had on. Spike, That's, yeah. Spike. Yeah, I think that's Dee-dee. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Dee and now Tony. Mm. And then, uh, Tony, to lead in with you, um, I've been through a couple of the uh, Billy Graham programs actually out at the Cove uh, in Asheville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I attended some of the uh, military couples retreats out there. They're very cool. Mm-hmm. The one that's near and dear to my heart that's super special, and I know it couldn't have happened any other way, um, they, they hosted a men's retreat. And the, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to say it this way. The, the speaker was coach Tony Dungy and the preacher mm. was JB Brown, James Brown. Mm. And, and that man can get people out of their seats. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, for sure. So Great. like Ashley said, right. Double retirement. You've done a ton of things. How did you get involved with ORW foundation? How did you become one of our board members? Uh, well, um, uh, uh, I go to church with Bill Armstrong, actually, and uh, he and I have been friends for a while. And uh, once another he, one of our board members, yeah, a board member. And so once he joined, uh, after I guess maybe a year, he's with you. He asked me. Uh, he said, "I think I think we need somebody more with at least some medical background on the board." And they asked me if I would do it, and um, and I was happy to. Obviously, uh, 
because this has sort of been what I've been doing for a long time. And and I'm completely out of medical practice right now after retirement uh, almost two years ago. So, but happy to share, uh, you know, what I've learned along the way and insights to help continue to help veterans if I can. That's cool. I love it. Well, well before actually, we get we, uh, you read my mind, up. guy, you read my mind yeah, because I, I know you were like, Ashley, your wheels are turning and they are. Because before <laughs> yeah, we get into your expertise, tell us about what it was like being a flight surgeon in Desert Storm. Well, it was an eye opener. Um, I had just gotten married a few months earlier and then I got the call to go on the deployment. And uh, I was not expecting it because down at Patuxent River, we do Naval Air Test Center. So a lot of, a lot of the aircraft they take from uh, the, the manufacturers get tested to see if it's still going to meet the regular requirements for the military. And uh, so it's very dangerous flying for the pilots because they're going as fast and turning as hard as they can to see if the wings fall Ooh. or not, that sort of thing. So um, uh, so at any rate, I got pulled to the, the Gulf where I was on a, what they don't have anymore, but an LST was a sort of a flat bottom a ship that would... Uh, be able to come up on the beach and offload uh, vehicles and tanks and things. So I was with those guys uh, waiting for the war to start. And we just happened to move inland on the, the night that, that we didn't know the war was about to start. They're like on inland now. And just as I was getting uh, off the boat and bust into the um, the uh, base I was heading to, they started firing scud missiles. So we were Mop 4 from the get-go. You were like... I guess we're ready to yeah, go. Nice. Ready. And <laughs> yeah. The sky and thinking, wow, what does a missile look like right before it hits you? Uh, you know, so, uh, so for three yeah. weeks, we had like three, three night, three missile launches a night that they could detect, but we didn't know if it was coming our way or not. And uh, so on the medical side, we didn't, I didn't have a lot to do. Fortunately, we did really well in that. It was a short uh, engagement. But, um, but the fact that I could go three, three weeks with so little sleep because of the, constant, you know, uh, missile attacks, uh, gave me a huge appreciation for just that mental part of battle and how you can wear people down, uh, without ever really hitting them with any munitions. Yeah. And Tony, that's, uh, that's a really cool, uh, point you're making, right? So mm -hmm. when I think about, uh, combat situations, right, it's like, it's like 30 seconds to a minute of all out, just your, your adrenaline's through the roof. You're doing everything you can to hold it down because you want to keep using all this fine motor skills. Mm. And then it's like, it's like hours of like, you know, people are gathering information, preparing for missions, practicing for missions, doing all those things. And yet I think about, so like when I was in Sadr city, Iraq, a typical night for me was like four hours of sleep. Like that, that was like, threshold right right and and yeah i might be able to catch like an hour nap or a two hour nap here or there and then you come home and it's so hard to unwire from that uh th that that work cycle right that mm -hmm. you were in so uh i'm 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 gonna jump straight into what you do as a doctor because i'm curious like um yes. do, do you see patients that come in kind of from that heightened state and how do you start to kind of like transition them back into any kind of like normal sleep pattern. Absolutely, right. So a, a lot of the patients, and I saw a lot of the tier one operators, they would often say that night was yep. game on for them, right? And so it, everyone else is tired, relaxing, can't wait to fall asleep. But to them, that's when they worked. And so yeah, uh, it, it's something that takes a while to flip over when you get back from a deployment, especially a kinetic one like that, where you were really reinforced that, hey, the person who sleeps at night gets killed you know, or is not ready oh. or, is, or the guy, the enemy sneaking up on you. So you're rewarded for being alert at night and potentially 
worried about being injured or killed if you're not. And so then to just pop pop you back into Maryland or Virginia and say, okay, we're not doing that anymore, it's not easily offset. So the tendency for most people was to uh, just you know, run themselves into the ground exhausted with little sleep at night, maybe sleeping in the day, which is countering your circadian rhythm to be sleeping when there's uh, light out and the family and, and there are things to do. Um, and so uh, it does take, I always remind people, it's going to take you a while to flip it over, just like it does with jet lag when you fly from around the world. Um, and but the tendency of people would, would do would be struggle and they might start to drink alcohol, which does work for a while, does make you sleepy. It does help you to fall asleep. But the sleep you get is not normal sleep because of the way the um, alcohol gets metabolized off. It doesn't allow you to go through the normal sleep cycles. Um, and then the other tendency is to want to take medications over the counter, Benadryl or NyQuil or um, ask for prescription Ambien, things like that. My experience with most patients is they don't want to be on pills. Um, they kind of offset, they overlook the fact that alcohol is sort of a medication, obviously, but you're desperate, you know, and you do what you, do, you need to do because you're so desperate for sleep and you can't function without it. Yeah. And so, man, do we see that a lot? I mean, geez, mm-hmm. do we ever hear about veterans and the drinking and the no sleep? It's like, you know, right. if there were a handful of things that is so general to the veteran population of veterans who are Good. struggling. You see that alcohol use, you see that it's sleep problems or sleep disturbances and Wow. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, actually, it's yeah. it's really cool that you say that. Sorry, uh, Tony. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back your and Ashley's way, because when you start talking about like the no pills, right, like a lot of veterans and their families are like, well, you know, kind of what are the other options? Um, when I re- I remember going on my individual mail retreat, uh, gosh, four years ago, and uh, it was when we still had the, the beach house out near mm-hmm. Houston, Texas. And, um, that was the first time I got introduced to the alpha stem. And, uh, the, the big thing I remember about the alpha stem, uh, first of all, I was like, cool, this is like an electronic machine that's going to massage my brain. Let's go. Uh, is, um, is, you know, when we were introduced to it, they were like, Hey, it may or may not work for you the first time. Right. So I was the kid in the crew who went and grabbed the alpha stem, like, if I was feeling sleepy after an ART session, uh, so accelerated resolution therapy where I had worked on a trauma situation, um, or I was starting to get sleepy, you know, post dinner, I was jumping on the alpha stem, you know, twice a day. I think there was even a day where I jumped on it three times a day to try to figure out where it would dial into my brain. And honestly, that was some of the best sleep. Like you're right. Pills, alcohol, I can raise my hand, got it, you know, check the block. Um, and then when I got introduced to the Alpha Stem through ORW Foundation, and what was even even better than that was ORW Foundation, you know, helped uh, all, all the people who go through the individual, uh, you know, combat veteran, female veteran uh, retreats understand like, well, how, how can you go get one of these issued to you for free from the VA? Because they're not cheap. Mm-hmm. They're like $1,300, $1,400 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious from both of you, maybe, maybe Ashley and then back to Tony, like what, what are your thoughts on like alpha stem or other like alternatives you use for sleep? Well, I think it's so interesting what Tony said, because we often go to those easy things, right? It's easy. Alcohol is very easy to access. It's quick. Um, it's very, it's a social norm for a lot of people, but it is that quick fix. And so I think that I love the the alternatives to those quick fixes that are healthier for us. Um, Because the bottom line is we want to feel better. We want to feel better. We want to sleep better. We want to be more rested. 
but how can we do it in a way that's going to be better for us in the long term? And I love that, Tony, that you said it's a quick fix. You know, it's good for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, the, the Alpha STEM, we, uh, so when I worked in National Intrepid Center of Excellence, I was uh, after the Navy, after civilian practice, I was there the last 11 years before I retired. And uh, that's a that's the project Mr. Fisher built. He built, was, was like 85 houses into the Fisher houses. He built the National Intrepid with the ah. question, with the question to the uh, leadership of the Navy uh, was that what what do you need next? And they said, well, we have a lot of guys wearing great body armor who uh, are getting their computers wrong and that where they would have died in the past or been seriously injured. They're so well protected, but the computer is hard, is not well protected. And they have memory problems, they have sleep problems afterwards. And we studied that for, uh, as they continue to do now, but we started, I, I was everyone who stood it up and, and for 11 years, we were giving alpha stims out. We were studying that and everybody got an MRI and an exhaustive workout for the month they were with us. Um, so alpha stim that. does help for some people, you know, there's very rarely anything in medicine that works for everybody, as you can imagine. The nice thing mm -hmm. about alpha there's really no harm in trying it. Uh, it's not, you know, it either works or it sort of doesn't work. It isn't like, oh, look at all the side effects I have on it or, uh, you know, That's other than getting point. it, you know, getting, if you get it issued to you, like we were doing, um, then uh, it gives you a try to say, hey, does this work for you? And it's not meant for life. It's just meant to transition you to fall asleep a little quicker while we work on other things, right, that are keeping you awake. And so um, I always reminded uh, people that, the pressure to sleep gets to be intense after a while when you haven't had it. And so oh. you start going into a performance mindset that I've got to sleep. I've got to sleep tonight. I, I, cause I can't think I'm irritable. Uh, you know, it feels I, like so much I'm pressure. In, I'm falling asleep <laughs> in me. Exactly. So because you think like that and you're used to it, you know, most military people are like, Hey, we need to do this. We just do it. And right. Yeah. But unfortunately when you try to do sleep, it counters your ability to do it. It's one of the rare things in life that it is, it's an, you don't want to try to sleep. So I, it is actually better to try to stay awake with that in your mind as you lay in the dark than to try to fall asleep. Oh, that is that, interesting. Right. It's that is, that's a cool little tip to it's right. like counting sheep, but actually try not to fall asleep. Why this. not? Exactly. <laughs> Which for a lot of times will help you to fall asleep. Um, so all you can do, all you can do are things conducive to sleep. You can't make yourself sleep. So the main thing is always is to use light to your advantage. I always like people to wake up when the sun is coming up, even if you don't have to get up yet, uh, even on like the weekends. You want to wake up around the same time, plus or minus an hour. So if you get up mm -hmm. at six on the weekdays, no later than zero seven on the weekends. And that's about where the sun is coming up now. Um, and if you do that, that sort of starts the internal clock. that's about 16 hours long in your brain. Uh, and so um, that'll allow you then if you got up at, say, seven, you should be somewhat sleepy by 11 at night on you know that night. And that allow that helps promote the melatonin and your ability to start to fall asleep. Uh, I like people to work out every day, which is, uh, you know, for most people, they're able to do that unless they got injured. Uh, you want to do things and make yourself tired. Um, and then there's a whole routine I'll talk about in a minute uh, about how to. Where's your mind, your headspace when you're trying to fall asleep? How do you get into a good place before you actually go to the bed? You know, Tony, you, you, you said exercise, right? You said workout. And one of the things I love hearing is, you know, uh, uh, veterans will come through couples, individuals, and they're like, oh, we're going to start working out. I'm like, cool. How much do you work out now? And they're like, we don't. I was like, great. What's your goal? And they're like, uh, yeah, 
And they're like, yeah, we're going to go to the gym for like three to four times a week for, you know, an hour to two hours. And I'm like, mm, no, uh, because that's what we do a lot of times. Right. It's that same mentality when we were in combat. It's like it's like zero or hero. Right. Um, so this, the simple thing I, I always share with them is exercise can be as simple as when you're on a phone call, walking around your house. It can be that simple. Mm-hmm. Like literally you have a phone call. And it's to your, you know, aunt, uncle, whoever, best friend. And, you know, they're going to chat with you for longer than five minutes. <laughs> Just stand up and walk around your house. Like, that's it. Um, and I might have missed this. So I apologize if I'm if I'm going back. Our last guest was a, uh, a uh, GSD. Um, you know, she was a, a good soccer driver. No, just kidding. A German Shepherd dog owner. <laughs> a GFD. Mom. I'm also a German Shepherd dog owner. Yes. And my dog, Finn, is trained in pressure and distraction. One of the interesting things is, um, you know, I haven't had a lot of like really bad nights uh, since I've had Finn uh, because he does allow me like other level of relaxation, yeah. like knowing like he's alert yeah. on guard. Um I definitely, I had one night though where I combat rolled out of a bed, getting out of the way of something. And, uh, my wife was like, are you okay? I mean, luckily, like I literally landed in like a seating shooting position and I'm like, yeah, I'm great. I just, I had to get out of the way of something. I have no idea what the hell it was. And, uh, she's like, and then she starts laughing cause she knew I was okay. But a lot of times Finn with pressure, he will intuitively get into the bed and lay on me like a weighted blanket. And that's another tool, uh, my dog, and then also weighted blankets was another tool um, that I use actually with my kids because yeah. um, those are, like, to me, those have become really staples in my house. I'm kind of curious your thoughts on, on that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, there have been a number of people who, who swear by the weighted blanket. Uh, they tried it. They were trying, willing to try They're willing to try anything that doesn't have any negative aspect to it, right? So, uh, like, the stem, the weighted blanket. Um, you know, sort of change in your lifestyle a little bit kind of things that like working out. Um, and so most people are agreeable and hopeful that'll work. And I think that's perfect because that's kind of the best sleep you can have is natural sleep, not relying on other, you know, external things uh, like medications and alcohol. So, um, and so that's always working toward getting somebody to sleep. Like I always said, I want you to sleep like you're eight years old. You just go to bed and you're out. Oh, right? you know, that those kind of were the days. I tried to tell my six-year-old son that. Now I'm like, just enjoy this, please. There's literally yeah. nothing to complain about. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ashley, I got I to gotta throw you a story in here because Tony just sparked a beautiful memory, right? So my son is probably like seven. I'm going to guess seven. And very headstrong. I have no idea where he gets it from. I think Kelly. And... uh <laughs> And uh, I got to give her credit, right? I got to give her credit. And um, and he's playing with Legos. And we're like, dude, you're like, you're like falling asleep while you're playing with Legos. Why don't you go to bed? And he's like, no, I'm not tired yet. And so the, the first time it happens, he literally just falls over asleep. Luckily, you know, no impact, <laughs> nothing negative. Just we noticed, like we go look, you know, because he was playing with the Legos in our bathroom. So we go look and he's just asleep, right? Aww. Fast forward, you know, I don't even know, like. Uh, let's say like four months later, six months later, we see him in our bathroom playing with Legos again. This time he stands up and he's walking out of our room. We're like, Grant, are you okay, dude? Are you like everything good? He's like, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. We're just like, okay, awesome job. Do it. Yeah. We're like, do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that's a good point. Cause I always tell people don't go to bed until you're ready to fall asleep. 
And so stay in the lo- stay in the nice. family room, read a book, don't have the TV on. And you just stay there when you start nodding off. You're you're kind of ready for bed. So you're, if you got a shower, you already did it. You brush your teeth. You're just down there waiting to get sleepy at whatever time. So it's not about, you know, a lot of times patients would tell me, hey, uh, I make sure I'm in bed at 10 because I got to get up at six. Well, if you fell asleep at 10, that wouldn't be so bad, but they wouldn't fall asleep for one. So they sort of wasted three hours trying to fall asleep. And again, I told you, you can't perform sleep. So I would just say, stay in the, stay down in the chair. Better to fall asleep in the rock in your recliner uh, than to be awake in your bed. And you stay there until you're sleep. Oh wow! You know, wow, that natural that rest. natural sleep. Well, this I want to hear some more of these strategies, and I'm sure, guy, this is gonna get your wheels turning too. So, Tony, can you share any yeah. success stories or case studies where implementing these effective sleep management strategies? You saw them improve the well-being of military units. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I had the good chance to practice this on two new patients every week for the last eleven years. So, oh wow. So, so the routine, oh, wow. the routine we talked about a little bit, I've introduced is that you get up around the same time every morning, and you want your brain to see light. So, get the blinds open, go outside, walk the dog, get a little bit of light into your brain so that it, it turns off the sleepy clock, turns on the alert clock. And so that'll start the 16-hour cycle of your awake, uh, your alertness for the day. Um, and then, uh, like like I said, get a workout in for an hour. Try to do it every day. It could be weights, cardio, combination, nothing particular, but something that that you expend some stress and energy, and it helps to uh, relax you for the you know begin to relax you for the balance of the day. Best time to work out in the morning, then at lunch, and right after work. And I always tell people don't work out in the evening. I mean, I guess better than nothing, but problem with working out too late is it raises your adrenaline levels as, mm. as a normal physiology for working out and that therefore makes it hard to fall asleep so uh, most most people in the military tend to work out in the morning that's been my experience um and then uh and then the routine is you stay in your rock you stay in your uh, recliner down in the family room until you start to feel sleepy uh when that starts to happen then you go to the bed um you always want to it's worth spending money on a good mattress i don't have any particular uh recommendations on what to buy it's whatever feels good to you I've had people that ran through the 30 day trial on like 10 bets, you know, until they kind of found one. That oh, works. And it's very, see, right, those people right. are my <laughs> heroes because I feel like I never follow through with that, but I want to, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Or they give so you what, 100, awesome. days, 100 days, I think. <laughs> so yeah, that's a lot of, lot of movement yeah. in your house every three months. Taking right. Up a bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, um, Tony, this has made a, a must play for my wife because. Uh, her version of picking out mattresses is based on the dollar sign. <laughs> and uh, one time, the one time I've been able to uh, to get past that, you know, I spent more or less, I spent 15 months in, in Iraq, um, you know, operational. And um, uh, it was, it was uh, you know, like 07, 08 time frame. So putting up the gold wall, like um, just uh, Mahdi Militia was still rocking. And I get home and she goes, okay, what's the, what's the big ticket item you want to purchase? She's like, do you want a car? Do you want like some crazy TV? And I was like, I want the nicest mattress money can buy. I was like, I don't, I don't care what it costs. I was like, I want to go find it and I want to buy it. And she just laughed at me. Oh, that's funny. But you're right. Like it, it, it It does. You can sure tell the amount of sleep you get that when you sleep on a good mattress and you're like, man, this was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's about it. Yeah. What do you oh, use sure. eight hours a day? Most really nothing else. You don't use your car. Either, yeah, right. So 
Nope. So it's worth finding the right. Hey, yeah, if good, you're very different than your spouse, as far as firmness and softness, pays to get the kind that, you know, you can independently operate. That, the levels. Or they don't necessarily have to move, adjust, but they should have the variable, like a sleep number type of system. Oh, yeah. We want to know, Tony, what kind of bed do you have? Do you have one of uh, those kinds? Nice. <laughs> well, my are pretty close to the same desire as far as how firm it should be. So it's just a, it's, I don't know. It's probably like, I can't remember. We pay maybe $1,500 beauty rest. Okay. Uh, that's a good price range because nice. stuff can be really like thousands, multiple be, thousands. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then we were in, yep. we were in Phoenix a few weeks ago. There was a Casper store there which I'd never been in a showroom with these purple mattress things uh -huh. and they have all different, uh, you know, firmness and thickness and pillow top and all that business. So it really is just what feels good to you. There's really not a lot of science to this. That's um, what we have. We have the purple. Mm -hmm. Yes. Good. So uh, there's, there's a ton to pick from and there, you know, consumer reports and those things don't really help you when it comes to comfort. Depends if you have a lot of musculoskeletal issues, yeah, you know, where maybe if your back hurts, you might do a little better on a firmer mattress. Um, if your spouse moves a lot, then you want a sort of an isolating mattress so it doesn't transmit the movements to your side. Um, so and then the other is that some are heated and cooled, which I don't recommend necessarily because if that goes out, you kind of you're kind of done with the bed. One of the things we used to recommend and we had in our sleep lab was a, a unit called a bed jet. So it's just a, a unit that fits underneath the bed. It's a heater cooling unit. And it blows through a hose and then it's got a vent that you put down to your feet. And you can either use one that blows up on both sides of the bed or if you have a king bed, you can use two, which is what we have. And then if your feet are chilly at night, you just flip the bed jet on. It blows on your feet, runs for whatever time you set it, like five or ten minutes. I'll usually use it on mine. And then it shuts off. You're good to go. So uh, especially if you you might be the same, your your spouse might be the same as far as hey, the mattress is comfortable, but one sleeps hotter or colder than the other. So the bed jet is an excellent solution. It's about 300 bucks, and they're ah. a great company. I've been using their products. We have like one in every bed in the house just because it's sold on it. But Shout out BedJet. Come on, BedJet. We need your sponsorship. <laughs> I know, right? I've, I've never heard of that, Tony, I mean, and I'm looking yeah. it up, and it's like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it really yeah. well for yeah, and Ashley, this is all uh, uh, this is all a game changer for me, you know. So like, uh, my wife and I are very different temperature sleepers, right? So like, you know, I live down in Florida. Um, we could have the house on I don't even know seventy six degrees, right? And I'm trying to stay hydrated and not you know pass out from heat exhaustion, and she's in full sweats, and then she's under two two comforters. And I can't even lay in the bed. Oh, I'm gosh. telling you, same. Right. My husband and I have yeah. the same thing. And so that pur the purple mattress is great for that movement thing because my husband's constantly yeah. tossing yeah. and turning. And, and I'm fine now with yeah. the purple mattress. Nice. You don't feel anything. Even then we got the dogs and the, you, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, though, I got to highlight one golden nugget. I think I think everyone missed out on it, right? And Tony, I'm totally going to use this line on, on Kelly. So... Uh, I'm going to have to use it before she sees the episode and it's, Hey, how much money do we spend on our cars? And you want to spend how much on the mattress? <laughs> right. And um, we're yeah. on it eight I'm hours sorry. a day. <laughs> yes. Straight. That's right. right. That's going to be the follow-up point. Are you anywhere else for eight hours a day continuously? No. Cause she's a teacher. She walks around all day. You know, right. it's so I, funny how I, we I are about money. Here. I know I'm the, you know, like think about. I'm like, I'm yeah. not gonna pay three ninety nine to rent this movie on Amazon, but then I'll think about the other things. You, you know, right? 
<sighs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like like weddings, right? But you would never spend that kind of money on anything else. Ah, oh, throw the band in. Throw the throw the yeah. Cater, yeah. <laughs> for one <laughs> night, one night of fun. <laughs> right. For one night. Now you like that? Like you only really kind of remember because of all the photos. Because you were so busy with all the like handshaking and hugs and congratulations. <laughs> You're just like, what just happened? Oh, you got married. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Yeah, for sure. So, so let me get sure. a couple it. more pointers so, about the sleep issues. We so love when you go pointers. Bed, so yeah. on the headspace part, uh, I mentioned earlier, you, you know, sometimes it helps to think about staying awake. But what I like people to do, actually do when they're sitting in the chair waiting to get sleepy they're, they're reading. It helps to do a little bit of writing. So I have people keep a notebook and this is your chance to kind of clear the slate, clear the slate in your mind. You have things to do tomorrow, things that are worrying you from 10 years ago. It helps to just write it down. And in a way, it figuratively dumps it into the book that only you'll be looking at. So tomorrow morning, better rested. You can review. Oh, yeah, I got to mow the grass. I got to do this or that. But you can dump and park that there because a lot of times people worry about forgetting it. So yes. the book will your nightstand at night if you wake up at 3 a.m and go oh wow i forgot that the tendency is if you don't have a book to write it in is to start to ruminate about how you're going to fix this or do it Mm -hmm. so i just tell you crack Mm -hmm. the book write it in turn the light out put it back up put it back down and that way that's kind of your peripheral brain to help to hand the hand the worries of life to the book for the night and you're just gonna have everything else to settle in on and the safekeeping for safekeeping, Ooh. only free because you. Tony, to- hold on, I gotta. That he just he just gave us he just gave us our unseen nugget right there. Mm. You you said you said put the worries of life into the book. Mm-hmm. Is that that's right? Am I paraphrasing right. that correctly? Exactly right. That's that's beautiful. Mm. Put the worries of life into the book. That I mean, they're gonna be there. That's they're awesome. not going anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so many of us, and I'm sure this is true with the patients you're seeing, Tony, we're coming in and you're just like, well, you know, how much stuff do you got going on in your brain? It's like, how long you got, doc? You know, that's right. because we're constantly just processing information. We're getting fed so much information these days. It's like social media. I don't even know how many different apps, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, then you got TV, you got life, kids, spouse, like just. It doesn't stop all day, mm-hmm. and that's such. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Put the worries of life into the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. That's it. For safekeeping, it's not it. going anywhere. We're not forgetting it. it. We're not shoving yeah. it down somewhere. It's just we're gonna set it over here for a second so that Ooh, we can get right. some sleep. Yeah, we, we're exactly tired. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. I always tell them just yeah. put it on the shelf. That's right. Ah, uh, so man. Once you've kind of cleared your mind, then when you're in the bed and you're feeling like you're sleepy, then you want to do what's called mental imagery, which is helpful. That's what your brain does as it's falling asleep. It mentally, it starts to see things. And so, um, so I always tell people that go to a place you've maybe been to, you love the scenery, like it's fall here in, in Virginia now, and there's all these beautiful trees. And, and so, so I'll just envision maybe where I walk today. Oh, that was such a nice walk. And I'll just be moving through the scene in real time. Like I'm there. And not thinking of sleeping or staying awake. I'm just enjoying what I'm looking at. My eyes are closed. But the key is with your eyes, you want to be looking left and right. It's a little like EMDR, um, uh, where, where they use the the eye movement uh, to help with processing the yeah. traumatic experience for people who are not aware. 
So we pretend you're visualizing as you're walking while you look at it with your, with your eyes, not your head. And then just stay in that space. And usually the next thing you know, it's 6 a.m. and you're waking up. Ooh. Nice. Fall asleep thinking about what you would like to think about. This is making me sleepy. Now. Hey, I got like, Okay. Ooh, nice. <laughs> well, it helps. There you go. Excellent. Right? <laughs> yes. Siesta, right? Like post-lunch siesta. I think that's a real thing. I, now I have a question for you because you just sparked a thought. And, you know, and you might uh, have experiences with other combat veterans or, or other uh, clients you've worked with. So I would be I would be the kid that would walk in and, and uh, if you asked me about my dreams, I'd be like, I can't tell you the last time I remember having a dream. Right. So what are your what are your kind of like? Because I'm sure I, I, I've heard this from other veterans at retreats. And I'm sure there's a lot of us out there with kind of that question on the Great mind. Question. Well, like, what do you what do you kind of? Yeah. Yeah. What do you what? What is that? process that's going on what do you kind of recommend to me and others right like when we say i i have no idea i couldn't tell you the last time i had a dream i have no idea mm -hmm. well usually the only way you'll remember dreams is if you wake up in them or if they wake you up from a traumatic mm -hmm. event so most people will well if they remember the best you usually can do is that i know i dreamt i just don't remember what it was about because it's a very fragile okay. memory even there again unless it's traumatic unless it's very vivid and you replayed something you might yeah. be through before. You might remember that. But if it's just the normal run-of-the-mill, crazy kind of, well, that's never happened to me or I've never been there, you sort of know something happened. You don't exactly remember it, especially if you let five or 10 minutes go by in the morning when you get up, then it really goes away. So dreaming or not dreaming, right. your awareness of dreaming or not dreaming does not mean you're not dreaming. Mm. And I had plenty of patients okay. in, in the sleep lab when we hook up all the wires to your brain. We can see where you are and sleep through the night, deep sleep, light sleep, dream sleep. And so I often, one of the questionnaires we'd ask, do you, do you think you dreamt last night? And many times people are like, no, I didn't dream. And then I'd show them the sleep study a few days later and go, yeah, you dreamt here for about half an hour and you wow. dreamt over there for 20 minutes. Because when you're dreaming, one of the things that happens, your eyes start moving and looking left and right, like looking at the scene. And then the uh, brainwaves change as well. So we can pretty certainly know when you're dreaming. So most people do dream. And so usually most of your dreaming will happen in the last latter half of the night. Most of your deep sleep is the first half of the night. And so um, you want you want people to dream. You want to see it and you want them to you want to see if they have deep sleep as well. So at least I know that somebody's efficiently sleeping when they're sleeping. The question is, are they sleeping long enough? Are they sleeping soundly? Those would be the parts of it. But if you're hitting all the normal stages of sleep, then I feel reassured that, OK, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with your sleep. We just got to get more of it and keep it all in one one set to follow you know, that those eight hour set techniques those tips yeah wow mm -hmm. okay well mm -hmm. i cool. have a question for you tony what mm -hmm. do you foresee as the future of sleep medicine in the military and is do you know of any upcoming initiatives or research projects going on to further uh, advance yeah. sleep medicine well one of the ones they have been working on is particularly in the navy there were issues with uh the shift work where someone would be on six hours off six hours. Uh, so the, the six hours you're off would often be for training, working out, things like that. But then the other, then you back to work for six hours. And the other six hours are supposed to be for sleep. Well, usually I didn't finish my training. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite. Just turn yet. it off. Just so, turn it on. Turn it off. Yeah. Okay. Right? So, 
So it is still an issue uh, in the Navy. They have not been able to figure out how to get people to sort of carve out, um, you know, really six isn't enough. You really need seven and a half to feel rested. And the other part about it, the birthing on the ships is not comfortable. You know, you got a little face if you're. Your feet are hanging on, you know, you're hitting people are coming in and out during the, the sleep period because you might be sleeping at two o'clock in the afternoon. That's your night. And so um, so it's not at all conducive. For sleep. And that's why you get a lot of workplace mishaps and things like that that, you know, can happen when people. Nice. So, yeah. But all right. You know, I got one more funny question for you. Yeah. Actually, have you ever seen those like those like sleep pods? I know they're real popular in like Asia. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you can get into it at lunch for like twenty yes. minutes. You know what I'm talking I about? Feel like actually, I've seen it on movies about yeah. like Facebook and Google. You know the these workplaces that I let yeah. you oh, take yeah, naps yeah, yeah. during Google, the day. Google has them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's these pods, and you get into them, and they're supposed to just like block out the world, yep. right? Like right. you know, apparently Michael Jackson was just way ahead in his technology for sleeping. <laughs> um, but Sony, like these sleep pods, is twenty. Anyway, sorry. These 20 minute sleep pods, like, I, I don't know. Is it like, is it real? Is there science behind it? Is it just another way to make mo- money? You know, kind of like monster. I, I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, I think they do work. The question though, is I'm always concerned if somebody needs a nap, makes me look at what's oh, wrong with your night. Right. Leave it that's to more a sleep a, surgeon. A, right. A sleep right. So, so why are you needing to sleep in the day? Unless you're two. You know, maybe you shouldn't have to take a nap, right? So the things that make me think that you have undiagnosed sleep apnea. So though you're asleep eight hours, your brain is not getting good sleep because you're not breathing well. Um, or is there something fragmenting your sleep at night that you're you're waking up a lot, maybe briefly, maybe a few seconds, but it's causing you to break out of your deep cycles of sleep and lighten up inappropriately. And it could be a good reason for it. Maybe there's pain. Maybe there's noises in the house. Maybe it's PTS. All those things can cause your fragmentation. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, anytime I hear somebody who re- habitually needs a nap and benefits from a nap, I'm not anti-nap. It just makes me say, why do you need that? Let's look at the night and try to figure out mm. if we can get rid of the need for a nap. There shouldn't be a need in, in an adult to have a nap. I like that. So. I love it. Well, Guy, what do you think? Should we put Tony in the hot seat and ask him, what do you love about Operation Red Wings Foundation, Tony? We want to yes. know not only as a yes. board member, but... As our newest board okay. member, and now that you've, you know, been with us for a couple months, and you've been to our gala and heard some stories from some of our participants, what what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on how how we guy and I both fully believe it's life changing? So, what do you think? What's been your experience getting to know it? Yeah, yeah. well, uh, I'm uh, well, I'm going to be attending one of the uh, you know the medical events uh, in the you know near future. Oh, nice! But uh, at least nice. from, from the from the gala, I've seen the benefits that people saw. Uh, some of the treatments they have, I'm well familiar with uh, the ART and uh, um, uh, you know some of the moral injury and chaplains and things like that to work with them. Um, I think that the benefit yeah. also is that it helps the veteran who has served and maybe didn't get to go to a place like where I was working at NICO. They didn't, weren't eligible. They didn't know about it. They were just trying to get out of the military for whatever reason. So they are still hurting, still suffering. Their family is suffering, and they're still a free, met, a very good option for them and maybe their wife and them or husband and them and then their family and them if that if that's shown to be possibly helpful. So it's it's not forgetting them, and I think that's helpful, even though they've served and they're 
moved on to something else, they're still able to come. I so love I like that. that. And Guy, how awesome, since we've cool. both been with the foundation, you know, since we were formerly Lone Survivor Foundation and now Operation Red Wings Foundation, yeah. and really honoring and not not leaving anyone behind. We're, we're honoring, you know, yes. those who went before us, those who've given the ultimate sacrifice and, and paying homage to those. We're still here. And there's so many tips yeah. and tricks and evidence-based practices that we can learn and benefit from. And wow, I love it. Yeah, and I, I think some of that goes back to kind of what I was saying. Like, um, you know, I, I, I was fortunate, right? I did get to do some training, um, you know, uh, diaphragmatic breathing or belly breathing, whatever you want to call it, uh, just to be able to uh, calm down the, the the adrenaline rush in combat, and that was that was with uh, SOSEP, right? Um, Special Operations Center for Enhanced Performance. I had never heard of an alpha stim, mm. and I was one of those veterans that was like, "Yeah, sure, give me pills, doc," and I got you know, oh, two drinks a day. So I'm all, what I'm allowed, and I'm not an alcoholic. Great, uh, you know. <laughs> 11.3% beer by volume, you know, 16 ounce times two. That counts, right? And uh, so so finding the alpha stem, which I found at uh, then, right, uh, Lone Survivor Foundation, now ORW Foundation, was an absolute game changer. And that's, that's perhaps one of the things that I've really appreciated the most about the foundation is – uh, and a lot of it stems from from our board members uh, and some of it stems from volunteers is keeping us on that front edge of medical technology, knowing yeah. that, you know, we all, we, we all want to be one percent better each day. And it's how do we get one percent better uh, without having to take the pills, without having to self-medicate through alcohol or drugs or, or whatever that is. Right. Like habitual gambling it, it doesn't matter right all you know it's interesting because when you said the sleep pod and then you said well how are they sleeping at night that's exactly what i was thinking about when when i was thinking about like all those other indicators right are that mm. someone is still really far into pain into trauma that's that unseen journey right they haven't been able to kind of break free of it if they're doing all the pills and they're they're doing alcohol or drugs or whatever they're doing right Mm. Um, and then just showing up to a retreat, learning about alpha stem, you know, I, I have one issue to me now through the VA, um, VA pays for all my pads and gels. I don't pay a dime. And, uh, Shout you know, when it, when it dies, they're going to replace it. We love y'all. Yeah, I know. Right. Hey, look, the VA, the VA did something right. They Yay! do a lot. I, <laughs> so, I mean, love them. Actually, I think it's really cool. I think it's cool how. ORW Foundation brings in that technology and is constantly kind of shifting, right? Some of those techniques and stuff we're 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 using, right? Like that shift into ART um, from from EMDR, right? Like the, I I think that's awesome. It's incredible, yeah. Tony. Wow, I feel like we learned so mm -hmm. much from you. We and it's going to be an amazing unseen journey. We don't know what the future is going to look like and what we're going to learn from you and be able to draw on your expertise. It's it's Thank an you. honor to have you to serve with you on yeah. the board of Operation Red Wings Foundation. I feel the same. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Okay. Yeah, sure. And uh, I know I know one thing. Oh gosh, I hope you have the one before yours. I know the one thing that's coming out of this is, man, I'm gonna be like Kelly. How much did we spend on your forerunner? 
Eight hours in the mattress. Don't skip on. So that's my takeaway. So what we're doing yeah. right now. So what we introduced. Yeah. So this is our fourth episode, and we knew we wanted to talk about unseen elements that we learn in the episode. And so that's what Guy and I are. So I always make a huge list, and he makes okay. me. And she gives he one. gives me one. And it's so hard because I learned so much from you. And and I know our listeners did too. So Guy, who yours is, don't skimp on the mattress. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steal the other one. Hint hint that I already Yeah, no already more guy. He always time. tries see he tells me okay, a bug, right. but then he works it. in more than one. No. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so because you already had one in the episode too. Don't forget about that. So you're already negative. Did one. I? What was that? Yes. Wait, you, wait, it was a good it was, was a good one. one. Said you said put the worries of life into the book. That, that that was a good one. It was. I'll give you that one. I'm so I'm so glad that was Okay, no, so today, I have two then. I have two. So, okay, so my first one, I love, Tony, what you said, that rarely in medicine does something work on everyone. It's such a good point, um, and which is a, a shout out to our retreats, because anyone who's been through a retreat, and those of you who are thinking about coming to a retreat, you don't learn just one thing. You learn multiple on, mul- I mean, what I think we introduced like 15 different things in our retreats to see what works for you. Yeah. See what works for That's you because right. not everything works. And I'm just going to say another one because this was so cool and I don't know how it ties in to oh, wellness. No. <laughs> but I love the, when we were talking about the war zone and I could totally relate to this. I was an early deployment person at, to 2004 and you can't tell the missiles that are going to hit you. You can't. They all look the same. And it, <laughs> I just that was some some interesting insight that brought me back, like thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. that was a well, good. I feel one, guys. for the people feeling now, obviously, right? Because that's what they're doing. Yeah. That. Yeah, that was that was a good one. That was like what three? Uh, that was two. <laughs> this there. is so fun evolving oh, how these unseen elements work out. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I need to go ahead and say, on behalf of myself and my co-host, Ashley, Tony, thanks for joining us today. And if you're a new listener to the Unseen Journey podcast, do us a favor, reach down there, hit the like and subscribe button. We're coming at you every week. So please, please, please stay tuned. Whether you're a veteran, a spouse, a member, or you just want to learn something. You know, like how much money do you spend on your mattress compared to your car? We appreciate you tuning in to the Unseen Journey. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you're a veteran or supporter of veterans, please think about contributing to ORWF at ORWFoundation.org to help veterans in their transition. We also extend an invitation to veterans to explore our retreat opportunities where they can connect with peers and embark on a healing journey. For additional resources, visit our website at ORWFoundation.org. Our heartfelt thanks to Operation Red Wings Foundation for making this podcast possible. Together, we can make the unseen journey a little easier for our veterans. Until next time, take care.